Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Guest speaker is coming in next week, and there are some amazing people that we've had the privilege of knowing for, oh gosh, probably close to 20 years. In fact, God strategically placed them in our lives uh, way back then, and uh, since then, we've just kind of lost contact with them. You know, life just gets busy, and you kind of go different ways, Uh, but my wife started connecting with her at the, was it the beginning of this year, or was it the end of last year? Was it the end of last year? And uh, she just began to share with my wife just some amazing things that God had been doing in her life, in her husband's life. And uh, it's just such an amazing story because they were left for dead. The doctor's report says, you're going to die. There's no hope. Just go home and live your best life that you can. But they purposed to say, you know what? We serve a God that knows no impossibilities. And so they just began to work with God, and God began to work with them, and they are such a miracle uh, just, just to be living and breathing. And it's just the faithfulness of God in demonstration. And so they're going to be here with us next week, and so I just want to encourage you. If you know anybody that's sick within their body, if you know anybody that just needs God, God to touch them and perform a miracle, if you need a miracle in your life, I encourage you to come next week because I'm telling you, it's going to be a divine appointment for you, all right? Praise God. And so today, obviously, uh, we just finished our series last week. And uh, so I just wanted to share some things with you just to help us get ready for those guest ministers that are coming. And so the title of my message is Making Room or Getting Ready. Or uh, let, let me, let me I, I forgot my title already. Preparing. That's what it is. Preparing for your visitation. That's the title of my message today is Preparing for Your Visitation. Now, we're going to have a visitation with some guest ministers, but here's the thing. When they come, they're not just coming by themselves. They're bringing a supply to Genesee Valley Church. They're bringing a message that you need to hear. They're bringing bringing a a, a testimony of God's faithfulness for you to say, you know what? That's the God that I serve, and if God will do it for you, he'll do it for me. Amen? And so just getting ready. I want to help set the course and set the stage for you to get ready for your visitation next week. Now, with that being said, as I started to think about just preparing oneself for a visitation from God, it made me think of several years back when I was in Bible school and and I had the privilege to go to the Philippines. And while I was there, uh, one of the things that I just purposed to go, and one of the main reasons that I was going there is because, you know, you always hear these stories of people that go overseas and do mission trips, and they see the miraculous. They see God do just impossible things. And I'm like, God, I don't want to tell somebody else's story. I want to be able to see you do things in my own life where I've prayed for somebody and I saw you do something. And so, therefore, I want to go and have the opportunity to see and experience that firsthand. And so as a result, I was going to the Philippines with an expectation. I said I was going to the Philippines with an expectation to see God do something. And so when we went there, uh, we 
flew over and we met with our host pastor, and uh, his name was uh, Pastor uh, Paul Chase. He pastors a church there. He's an American individual. And he's just beginning to exhort us before we go out. We were uh, ministering in a Bible school. We were doing some open-air meetings, and uh, then there was some crusades that we were also doing. We were there for about two weeks. And so he was just exhorting us and saying, you know what? When you go out and you begin to minister, you can expect to see God show up. And I'm thinking, well, that's why I came. I came to see God show up. And then he came walking across, and I was sitting in the front row, and he comes over to me, and he slaps me on the leg, and he says, now listen. He says, you're going to be praying for somebody, and just because you don't see the answer right, off of, uh, right from the beginning, he said, just keep praying. He said, because you'll see God show up. And little did I know that God was speaking directly to me for what was to come, because through the course of the events, we would minister in the Bible schools, and it was amazing how God would show up. But then we would begin to have these crusades, open-air meetings, just out in the, the public square, and thousands of people would come. And so as we'd be ministering, there would be different ones that would take the opportunity to preach the message. And then after the service, they would give invitation for salvation. And they'd also say, if there's anybody that needs prayer, that there's sickness in your body, come on up, and these individuals are going to be praying for you. And so night after night, I had the opportunity of praying for individuals, and we saw blind eyes open, we saw deaf ears open, we just saw incredible things. But then the last night, and many of you probably heard me share this story before, but the last night, after being tired and fatigued just from going and going and going, I happened to look across the sea of people, and I saw this little boy sitting in a wheelchair, and I said out loud, God, I'm not ready. And what I meant was, is that I'm just tired. This one seems too big. It seems too impossible. God, I'm not ready. And something on the inside rose up and says, you're ready. Now, that being ready doesn't mean that I'm going to do anything of my own strength. It just means that you know how to trust me. And so now, think of it. We are winding down the service, and they give the invitation for people to come up for prayer for those that have got sickness in their body. And out of all the thousands of people that could come forward, wouldn't you know it that the very first person that came in my line was that little boy in the wheelchair that I saw out in the middle of the sea of people. And as I looked down at his feet, he's got severely clubbed feet. They're almost turned 360 degrees around. And I'm looking at it and I'm really thinking, God, I'm really not ready. And so I knelt down and I began to pray. And as I began to pray, I prayed that all, all that I knew to pray. And I remember Pastor Chase, he says, now you just keep praying. And I'm thinking, God, I prayed all that I know to pray. And so finally, as I held those little feet in my hand, all I began to do was say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And as I just called on the name, those feet began to turn in my hands. And I just began to bawl. And I looked at the little boy and I said, do you see what God's doing? And he had a smile from ear to ear as a result of us going and ministering to those people. What am I talking about? I'm talking about a visitation from God. You see, we were going there with an assignment to go and minister to people, to share the love of God, to share what Jesus came to do. And as a result, he gave us the opportunity not only to lead them into a relationship with God, but to experience firsthand, tangibly, the love of God in demonstration. And we saw countless people's lives that were ministered to and healed. And so what am I talking about? I'm talking about that there is a visitation that is waiting for you. 
And it's simply a matter of getting ready for your encounter and your visitation. You know, as I began to get ready this morning, and I'm just being transparent with you as a pastor, you know, as I was getting ready this morning, I, I started to go over my mind, and you realize as pastors, you know, there's the work of ministry, and there's the spiritual side and the natural side, and so as I'm sitting there, and I'm going through the morning, and this one called and said, hey, I can't show up, this one called, said, you know, I can't fill in, or I can't do this, and so I'm thinking about that, and we've got some minister friends that are here this morning, and so uh, as, as I'm thinking of all these people that said they're not going to be there, I'm starting to think, well, you know what, man, we got all these people gone, and i got these minister friends that are coming, and I started to get really ticked off, and the Lord said to me, he says, is it about you, or is it about me? I said, wow, because everything in that moment, I was making it about me. What's it look like? What's the church going to look like? And people gone, and God said, it's about me. All you need to do is get up and talk about me. You know, and, and when we think about coming in contact with a God that so desires to want to minister to us, one of the things that we focus on so oftentimes is, is your faith in a position to receive? And we focus on a person's faith to say, you know what, there is a visitation, but what about you? And we put the attention on people. But do you realize that Jesus never put the attention on people? When I mean in terms of what they were doing. In fact, you remember the woman with the issue of blood? The Bible tells us that that woman was sick for many years. Spent all of her money to try to get better, but grew worse and just gave up. But then she started hearing about Jesus. And she started hearing about the goodness of of Jesus and she decided to get up and go have a visitation and the Bible says that when she touched him she was made whole from head to toe and when Jesus turned around he was looking for somebody but what Jesus recognized Jesus was looking for their faith but all he was expecting was for somebody to come and have a visitation right so here's my point. When it comes to us coming to church, we can make it all about the formalities of what I must do. Did I do the right thing? Am my position right so that I can have a visitation from God and get my, my prayers answered? If we'll learn simply to talk about the goodness of God, people won't come as a result of you saying, if your faith is strong enough, you can receive They'll come to a place of where they just want to know the goodness of God. And it's the goodness of God that leads them to come to have a visitation with Him. So next week when you come, you're not going to be asked, do you have enough faith? When you come next week, you're going to hear about the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And you're going to look at two miracles standing before you. And by the time they get done ministering, they're going to convince you to say, man, God is good. And all you have to do is come on up to experience the goodness of God. And you'll receive and have that visitation with God. Amen? Come on. Don't put it on you to say, well, I hope I do the right things. Did I give this morning? Did I say the right thing? Do I have enough faith? No, all I want you to do is experience the goodness of God. And when you begin to see His goodness, you'll take your eyes off you. Amen? And so I want to bring to your attention this morning, just as we get ready to prepare for our visitation. I don't know about you, but I, I'm purposing to receive next week. 
I don't know what you have need of. Maybe it's mental health. Maybe it's physical health. Maybe it's marital health. Maybe it's health in your finances. Maybe you just need a miracle. Maybe you just need a makeover from head to toe. And I don't know what that looks like, but I'm believing that when I come next week, I'm going to have a visitation. Are you going to get yours? Amen. So I want to talk to you or show, uh, share with you this morning from Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 19, a particular account of an individual that had a visitation with Jesus. In Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 1, it says, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zac- Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was. But he could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. Got a couple of you in here. <laughs> I didn't say names. All right. <laughs> short stature, verse 4 says. So he ran ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they complained and they said, He is gone to to be guest with this man who was a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, he says, look, Lord, he says, I'll give half of my goods to the poor. And he says, I'll give, I'll take, if I've taken anything uh, by false accusation, I will restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he is also a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Zacchaeus was an individual that sought a visitation with Jesus. And so there's several points that I want to bring to our attention this morning, just in that short passage of Scripture, in reference to your visitation. Now, let me just pause for just a moment. Because even making that statement, I sense that there are people that say, listen, well, you're getting real real bold in talking about having a visitation with Jesus. As though it's some weird thing. If you've never heard that you can have a visitation with God, then you've been in the wrong place and hanging around the wrong people. Because God is not a God that is playing hide and seek. He's a God of show and tell. He's a God that wants to know you firsthand. He wants to be a God that you don't come with formality and say, Oh, thou was most holy God, I seek thee and beseech thee. And talk in such a way that you sound weird when you talk to God. God just wants you to come to him. Hey, God, I need you to come and just mess my life up right now. God, I'm going through some stuff. God, you're my best friend. Hey, God, go on the road trip with me. Hey, God, will you go on vacation with me? Hey, God, my body's hurting me. Hey, God, my children really need you. He just wants to have a real relationship with you, and you can begin to expect to hear and talk and have conversation and visitation with Him. And I'm telling you what, if you don't know that there's an experience with God, then again, I want you to understand that God wants to be real. God wants to be real. The Bible says that the things that are natural are temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So in other words, what God is saying is that all this natural stuff is going to disappear. And as real as it seems, it is not even as real as the things that are unseen. So in other words, God just wants to know you. So let's look at a few things here as to Zacchaeus as to what he did to initiate a visitation with God. Because you see, 
if he heard about how hard God was, that God just wants to slap you upside the head. In fact, you're a sinner, you're a tax collector, and if Jesus sees you, man, he'll go up to you and punch you in the nose. Well, if that was the account in the story that he knew of Jesus, he certainly would not seek out a visitation, would he? So apparently, Zacchaeus must have heard of this Jesus that just loved people. Right? And he sought to have a visitation with him. The first thing that I want you to see here is that the Bible says that Zacchaeus was very rich. You know, a lot of people put their confidence and trust in themselves. And there's going to come a point in a time and a day when you can't do it. There's going to come a point in a time where the efforts of your own willpower can't get you an answer. There's coming a time when your money can't buy an answer. The Bible says that Zacchaeus was very rich but still realized that what he had in his pocket, what he had in the natural, could not get him a visitation with God. The Bible says that in spite of that, he realized that there was something that he needed from Jesus. Secondly, the Bible says he sought to see Jesus. The Bible says that there were all kinds of people that were around him, Obviously, it says from his natural standpoint, he was short. And because of all the people that were there, he just couldn't get close enough. Let alone, he couldn't even see Jesus. He's hearing all of the, the rumblings in the crowd and all the oohs and the ahs and all the applause and all the people that are praising God because just on the other side of all the masses of people, miracles are taking place over there. But he can't see it. He can't get to it because of all the obstacles. You see, there are obstacles in our lives that are intentionally trying to keep you from having a visitation with God. Every single day, the moment you wake up, there are obstacles that are presenting themselves that are trying to keep you from having an experience with Him. There are natural limitations in of yourself where people might say, you know what? What makes you think you deserve that from God? What makes you think that you're worthy? I know that there are people in this place, people throughout the body of Christ that do not feel as though they're worthy to receive God's goodness. You know, the Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, For Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly. The translation is in quality and quantity. But for some reason, there are people in the body of Christ that will read that scripture and say, Yeah, but I'm special. What do I mean by that? Well, I, I know that it says that Jesus came, that I might have life and life more abundantly, but I'm just, I'm just special. I'm not meant to experience God's goodness. I'm not meant to experience all that Jesus came to give. There are things in your own life that will say that your stature, your person, who you are does not qualify you to have an experience and an encounter with Him. But the Bible says, that's why I came. Jesus said, the reason I came was so you could experience His life. It's not about you. But I want to tell you about my goodness. I want to tell you how much I love you. And if you'll just purpose to dare to believe that I love you that much, you just might dare to say, I want to have an encounter with him. Zacchaeus didn't let 
the obstacles in front of him or his own personal shortcomings prevent him from having a visitation with Jesus. In fact, he says, you know what? I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to be intentional and make sure that I have a visitation with him. Because I know where he's headed. I know where he's going. And where he's going, if I'll just purpose to get ahead of the crowd and get a front row seat, I'll have the greatest vantage point there is, and I'll be able to see him. Amen? So how many of you know that with guest ministers coming next week, they're coming to minister the love. They're coming to share in their experience of, of, of God's goodness. But how many of you know that if you don't prepare to be where the visitation is, it'll pass by? Amen? So the Bible tells us that Zacchaeus went ahead and he climbed into a tree. And then when Jesus came by, the Bible says that Jesus stopped. So in other words, the intentionality of Zacchaeus to be intentional to have a visitation with him actually got Jesus' attention. Come on, all Jesus is looking for is for you to say, God, I dare to believe that you love me that much. And God says, oh, you got my attention now. Because it's not all about you having the right measure of faith. It's not about you jumping through all the hoops. All I need you to do is believe that I'm just that good. And when you think and start to believe that I'm that good and love you that much, you get my attention. Woo, come on. I'm telling you, when my wife says to me, hey, baby, you did a good job. That looks awesome. I'm so proud of you. Man, I'm telling you, walk, I strut, strut around like a peacock around the house all day long. Woohoo! She said she likes what I did, right? Well, the same thing is true. When you go to God and say, God, I believe that you're that good. God, I know that you love me that much. And God, I know that you're a miracle worker. God says, hey, I like what I'm hearing. And the Bible, isn't this interesting? Because, see, there's people that feel like they've been overlooked by God. There's people that say, you know what, I, God, I've been praying and I've been hoping and I've been wishing. But, God, it don't seem like you've ever come by my house. But did you notice what the Bible says concerning Zacchaeus? He never had the opportunity to have the visitation with Jesus. Always missed out. Always overlooked. But when he prepared, the Bible says that Jesus come and stood at the bottom of the tree and says, Hey, Zacchaeus, come on down. See, Jesus knew his name. See, you might feel like you're in an, on an island all by yourself. You may feel like nobody knows your name and nobody knows your address, but I'm telling you, God knows you because he sent Jesus just for you. And all he's looking to do is to have a visitation with you, that you'll dare to believe that he loves you that much. Amen? He says, Zacchaeus, come on down. Zacchaeus gets down. And isn't it interesting that not only was his physical stature and all the obstacles that were telling him, you don't deserve a visitation from God. The moment that he did have a visitation from, from God, then all those started to complain, saying, hey, don't you know who this guy is? Come on. The moment that all of a sudden you said, whoa, God did show up. You know what's coming next? The accusations. Oh, God just must have not seen what you did. 
Wait till he finds out, and then he's going to take that all back. Because you know, you know that if God really knew how you really were, then obviously he just wouldn't love you that way. You don't deserve that. Or even if you did experience the goodness of God, the, the moment you mess up, then there's the accusations. Oh, you're losing it. God's going to leave you now. He threw you a mercy miracle, but you know what? You done blew it. He's taking it back. That's not God. That's not Him. And notice what happens concerning Zacchaeus, because again, we think that when it comes to this relationship with God, it's all about us jumping through the hoops and doing the right things, and well, do I have my life in order? But did you notice that when he had a visitation with Jesus, and the accusations came, he says, Lord, listen, I'll give half my wealth away, and if I did anybody wrong, he says, I'll restore it fourfold. What's that mean? The moment you have a visitation with God, God begins to work on the heart. See, we oftentimes think, well, God, before I have a visitation with you, i got to get my stuff together. i got to get cleaned up. But no, it's when you have a visitation with God that something begins to happen on the inside, and it just naturally begins to work itself out. Jesus didn't come to him and say, okay, now listen, we're going to have a conversation. You know, and all this money that you have, here's what I want you to do. No, Zacchaeus just said, listen, my heart's changing as a result of having an experience with you. Amen. There might be people that you know that you've been praying for and you're thinking, God, I need them to change. All they need is a visitation from God. All they need to do is get in the presence of God. And why is it that people find themselves so stiff-necked against God? Most of the time it's because they don't feel worthy. They feel like they haven't done enough or they've let God down or whatever it might be and so therefore I'll just stay away. I'll stay away until I'm like you, you know, you all perfect people that go to church, right? I know most of you, so I know you're all perfect. <laughs> Some of you I pray for multiple times a day. <laughs> Sam, I wasn't looking at you on purpose when I said that, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, something begins to change when we have a visitation with him. Amen? And he says this. He says, Zacchaeus, today, he says, I'm coming to your house. I'm coming to your house. I'm not coming to your neighbor's house. I'm not coming to the, the, the political, the Hollywood person down. I'm coming to your house. You might not think you're nobody, but you're somebody to him. You're worth it all. And if you say, God, I just want a visitation with you. God, I, I just want to know you that you are that good. God says, I'm coming to your house. I'm coming to your house today. He's coming to this house next Sunday. And you're hearing of the goodness of God. And therefore, what are we doing? We're preparing to have an experience with Him. The miracle worker that you're going to hear about is the same miracle worker that's going to come and minister to you. Why is that significant? Because if we learn to see God correctly, the things that I find more, more, uh, most significant in ministry is that the more that you learn to talk about God in the right ways, the more that God shows up that way. If you talk about God as being a miracle worker, He shows up to be the miracle worker. Why? Because you're bragging on Him. You realize when we talk this way, it's not my reputation on the line, it's God's reputation on the line. So God's got to say, well, I guess they're talking about me to, to be that way. I guess I just got to show up that way. Amen? You might say, well, I don't know about that. Well, you know, the Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So how many of you know that salvation is to everybody? 
I'm in the right church, right? Salvation is for everybody, right? So the Bible says that all who call upon the name of Jesus shall be saved, or in other words, receive forgiveness and coming into a relationship with God. Well, yeah, but that one was a murderer. That one was a rapist. That one was a pedophile. I don't care what their past is. I don't care what their sin is. The moment they come to the forgiving God, the God that loves them and sacrificed his son for us, he will forgive every sin, and it doesn't matter where you put it on the value scale. He forgives them and comes into a relationship with them and gives them salvation. Now, again, you may not like that, but that's just how good God is. All right, so the Bible says concerning Zacchaeus, he says, I'm going to come to your house. He says, but also salvation has come. Today, salvation has come to your house. That word salvation is not just eternal life. Salvation is wholeness, deliverance, healing, provision, and eternal life. So when God shows up, he brings the whole toolbox. The toolbox has everything in it. And you say, well, this is what I have need of. He says, I got something for that. Well, this is what my need is. I've got something for that too. Well, God, this is a big one. He says, I got something in there big enough for whatever you have need of. Because salvation has come to your house. Amen? Now, let me bring to your attention. I'm going to come back to this in just a minute, but I want you to, to, to see this. You doing okay? In the last part of chapter 9, it says, And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Everybody say, This house. Everybody say GVC. Everybody say my house. All right. You believe that? All right. He says, today salvation has come to this house because he is also a son of Abraham. Those words are extremely significant concerning the visitation with Zacchaeus. And I'll show you what that means in just a little bit. But before we get there, I want to also bring your attention to some other areas in which we looked at. Notice that the Bible says that when Jesus came, when there was the visitation, the Bible says that Zacchaeus met him with joyfulness. How many of you know that God doesn't come with bad news? When you have a visitation with God, you don't walk away thinking, oh dear God, that was the worst, that was the worst visitation I ever had. What'd you get? Oh, well, it must be nice to meet you. No, the Bible says that when Zacchaeus met him, he met him with joy. I'm telling you what, some of your joy tanks might be extremely low. You might be running on fumes and vapors right now. But when you have a visitation with God, joy comes to full. Why? Because when he brings a visitation, he brings answers. He brings solutions. He brings everything of who he is to your house. Amen. Say, he's coming to my house. Amen. So there's freedom. There's healing. There's restoration. There's healing coming to you spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally. In every area, there's a visitation coming for you just in the nick of time. Amen. It's not about do you have enough faith. It's do you believe that he's that good. The Bible says that he was a son of Abraham. If you recall, there was a story of a woman that was bent over and she was sick for a number of years. The Bible says she had a spirit of infirmity. But then the Bible says that Jesus healed her. And if you recall the story, for the sake of time, we won't get into it. But if you recall, the story says that when he healed this woman, 
all the religious people said, how dare you heal on the Sabbath day? You remember that story? So once again, accusations. How dare you do something good on a Sunday? Because this is the day that we get real religious, prune up our face, come in and look all dignified and just have a horrible time at church because that's what you do, and then we go home. <laughs> no. The Bible says that he healed her. Now look at what Jesus' response is. In Luke's gospel, chapter 13, verse 16, he says to them, or answers them, he says, So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, didn't we say that Zacchaeus was a son of Abraham? And because he was a son of Abraham, salvation visited his home that day. Salvation is wholeness, deliverance, preservation, healing, eternal life. He says concerning this woman, Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan is bound, think of it, for 18 years, shouldn't she be loosed from her bonds on this day of visitation? <coughs> what was he saying? He was saying, listen, you want to get all legalistic about it, but listen, she's a daughter of Abraham. And because she's a daughter of Abraham, she's entitled to this. Just like Zacchaeus, he was a son of Abraham. So Jesus said, you are entitled to this visitation. Amen. Now, the only reason why Zacchaeus never had a visitation before then, the reason that this woman never had a visitation and found restoration in her physical body is because she didn't know what belonged to her. Even though he was a son, even though she was a daughter of Abraham, and by religious legal rights, if you will, had the right to be made whole physically, emotionally, in every aspect of their life, they just didn't know. And that's what we do at church. We come to church day in and day out, and we think, well, what's the use in going to church? Because I never have any life-changing moment. It's simply because we don't know that when we come to church, there's a visitation ready to happen. Jesus is coming to set us free. Salvation has come to this house this day. Amen? And he said, now, because she was a daughter of Abraham, she ought to be made well. Now, that's good news for them. But do you remember what I had read to you to begin with? And maybe I actually forgot to read it now that I'm thinking about it. In Colossians chapter 4, did I read that to you? Colossians chapter 4, verse 3. It would have probably been good for me to set that up right from the get-go. All right, well now I'll just put it all together when I share this with you, all right? Colossians chapter 4, starting in verse 3, it says, Meanwhile, Paul, he's saying, listen... I'm coming to the church of Colossae. He said, and I've been praying for this meeting. He says, praying also for us that God would open up the door for the word to speak the mysteries of Christ, for which I'm also in chains, that I might make manifest as I ought to speak. So here's what Paul was saying. The apostle Paul was saying, I'm coming to the church of Colossae. And I'm praying because I've got an expectation that when I come and deliver the message that I have, I'm going to reveal some of the mysteries of God. And when I reveal these mysteries to you, the light bulb's going to come on for you and you're going to recognize how good God is. And then therefore, God's going to manifest His Word. So in other words, Paul said, I'm expecting there to be a demonstration when I show up. 
And he's telling them that because he says, when I come, I'm expecting you be expecting too. All right? So, concerning the mysteries of Christ, what's one of the mysteries of Christ? This is it right here. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law and has become a curse for us as it is written. Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. What's the promise or what's the mystery? That when Jesus came and brought salvation, all the blessings of Abraham that were available to them is now available to you. So next week, when you come, here's what I want you to hear God saying. Ought you not have a visitation? When the accusations come and they say, well, yeah, but you know what you did. But no, you can say, wait a minute. I've got the blessings of Abraham because I'm a child of God. So ought not I receive this morning because I came from my visitation. I came and I was intentional to be here. And upon hearing the word of God, God's going to manifest and demonstrate that word. And he's going to reveal the mysteries. And that is that I can receive from him today. Amen? So here's what I want you to do. All this week, I want you to say, God, I'm getting ready for my visitation. God, I'm waiting for my answer. God, Sunday, when I hear of your goodness, when I hear of the miracle working power, when I see them as a miracle in front of me, God, I'm getting ready and I'm preparing for my visitation. And when you hear those words say, oh, well, you don't think you're going to get it. Now, listen, I want to remind you. I'm a son, I'm a daughter of Abraham, and therefore, the blessings belong to me. It's my right. And I know. Amen? And let that stir the joy. I mean, come to church next week. It's like, man, Sunday's my day. Come on. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life